0: Hallelujah. Let's pray over the word right now. Father, we are grateful and thankful to you. Father, I thank you that you have insight reserved for this moment and this time. I thank you and praise you that you are going to give us clarity and understanding of who you are. I give you praise and thanksgiving that we have ears to hear what you are saying. Give us, Father, the ability to perceive and understand what you are saying. We bind every demonic force that works against the word today, and we give you thanks that as we are gathered in your name, you are in the midst of us. And we praise you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. So we've been talking a lot of weeks. I don't even know how many weeks it's been. I'm okay right now. If I call on you, one, be ready, okay? Hallelujah. On this wheel of our life, and this is us. The outside rim is us. No more retirement for anybody in the body of Christ. Hallelujah. You're hardly what we call retired, Kathy. Have your own business and everything. Okay, so this is us. And the spokes represent everything in our life. And the core center is representative of God. And we talked day after day about how in our life, the matters or the issues of our life have to be connected and have to be plugged into God. And the other thing we've talked about is how dangerous it is if we would instead make God just a spoke of our life and not the hub or the core of our life, because we have to have every aspect of our life plugged into God, okay? We have to have everything plugged into God, and everything about our life flows out of God. Remember last week, I told you if we had liquid in the center, and as this wheel started rolling, what is in the center would come out, through the spokes and upon the spokes, so it is with our life. Everything that is in God comes out into these pieces and parts of our life as we walk with Him. Now, the key to connecting with God properly is knowing Him. We have to know Him. God is a three-part being, and the pastor started talking to us about that. He is Father, He is Son, and He is the Holy Spirit. He has three entities. Now, these three entities um, are so intertwined that they can come together and be one, but then they can also separate with different personality and different um, job duties, okay? Different tasks. And so, we had, last week, um, pastors started talking about the Father, the Father, And um, remember he said we need to learn how to climb up into the Father's lap and recognize we have a Father. Now, the unfortunate thing that sometimes the enemy does is he makes us think our Heavenly Father is just like our Earthly Father. And if we didn't have a proper Father in this life, we need to understand that God isn't like that. If we have a great father in this life, we need to understand God's a better father. Regardless of who our earthly father is, God is a better father. All right? And the Old Testament word for father is a word, or the Hebrew is the word ab, and it's AB, is the spelling of it in the Hebrew language. Now, we know in the Hebrew language that every letter represents a picture. You know, and if I would have been really on top of prop mastery, I would have had a picture of these things. But I don't have a picture. So you're just going to have to imagine it yourself. Okay? And the letter A, which is the Aleph sign, the first letter of the Hebrew language, means the chief or principal. Okay? But where it comes from, I I should say the word father in Hebrew means chief or principal, but the word aleph, the A, gives us a picture of an ox. Okay? We're talking about what culminates to become the word father. The first letter picture of the Hebrew language is an ox. And the second letter picture, the B, or we know it as the Hebrew uh, letter bet, is a house. So when the Hebrew language is put together, it's talking about the oxen house, is what the father is. But we read it backwards. So it'd be the house oxen. And what the word the ox meant in the Hebrew language, was strength, leadership, and progress. Now think about that. They used the ox to plow. Why? Because he was strong, kept pace with man, but he always went forward. Okay? Now hear this. This is what we're getting, a distinguishing about a father. Okay? And then it's about the house or the household. So when the Hebrew language is written and they use the word father, they hear the one with the strength, the leadership, and the ability to move a household forward steadily. Is what they heard in the Hebrew language. That's what a father is. The one with the strength and ability, the leadership, the capacity to move a household forward. And they came to know it as a strong leader and a protector of a household. Now, interestingly enough, Father in the Old Testament is not very often referred to as God. They didn't refer to God as Father. BUT THERE WAS A LOT OF EMPHASIS IN THE OLD COVENANT ON FATHERS IN THE EARTHLY REALM, A LOT OF EMPHASIS. AND THE REASON BEING IS, REMEMBER THAT THE OLD COVENANT IS WRITTEN AS GUIDELINES FOR EARTHLY LIVING, OR WE COULD SAY THIS, THE OLD COVENANT REVEALS THE LAW OF HOW MAN IS TO ACT AND RESPOND. SO What happens in the old covenant in the hearing of the old covenant becomes a weight on people to perform. Are are you following me today? Is this too hard at 9 a.m.? Yeah, okay. So we hear that the father of the Hebrew in the the word father in the Hebrew language is speaking of a strength, a leadership, an ability to move a household forward, and the emphasis was on the earthly position of father. Okay? So what we hear is the responsibility of earthly fatherhood. Are you following what I'm saying? Hallelujah. The responsibility of earthly fatherhood. And under the law, it becomes the doing of the earthly father because it had not yet been revealed to them that God was the Father. A few times in the book of Psalms, it refers to God the Father, but it refers to God more like El Shaddai, Um, Jehovah-Jireh. refers to God as the Creator. And it's about what God is doing because the Old Covenant is written about doing. The old covenant is written about doing, okay? Now, I just want to say this. If you're a father and you haven't been that ox in that house, we're washing that away, okay? We're not going to sit there and we're not going to stew on that, okay? We all have room for improvement, right? All right. And um, we're just going to believe that that's not where our Our soul is going to get stuck today, okay? Praise the Lord. So go with me into the new covenant because we have an introduction of God as Father in the new covenant that doesn't look the same as it did in the Hebrew language. So in John chapter 5, verse 17, now Jesus has come. Understand. These people have no revelation of God as father and they're still hearing the one that's the protector of a household with leadership ability to progressively move it forward. That's what a father is, okay? And in verse 17, Jesus, they're talking, the Jews are uh, wanting to kill him because he did something good on the Sabbath day and Jesus answers them, my father has been working until now and I have been working. Therefore, the Jews sought all the more to kill him because he not only broke the Sabbath, but also said that God was his father making himself equal with God. So they're upset because he's claiming God is not just a father, but God is his father. They know what it means to have the title of father. And so the fact that you're saying God is your father, that's taken a lot. That's crediting yourself with a position that no man should take. That was the problem. They were upset because he made the God that they were serving his father. That's what they were upset about. It wasn't, you know, they thought, you have an earthly father. Don't claim God as your father. God isn't a father for people. God is God of people, not a father. Are you, are you understand what's going on? Okay, let's turn over to um, John chapter 20. Hallelujah. Are you holding with me today? Okay. Now this, so we know Jesus claimed God was his father. So this time, we're going to look here in John chapter 20, and this is after Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. And um, Mary is there at the tomb, She thinks he's a gardener. He's not a gardener. He's really Jesus. And so when she recognizes him, she comes to him, and Jesus says to her, do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my Father, but go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father and to my God And your God. So, what's happening here is now Jesus is revealing, you know what? Now, my Father is also your Father. Hallelujah. My Father is now also your Father, revealing that God now is a Father for all humanity. It's not just this assignment of an earthly father to be a protector or a leader. Now God is father to people, all right? Now, one thing we have to clarify is in the Greek what the word father meant. We found out what it was in the Hebrew, but the Greek word is somewhat different when we hear father, because the word father is "pater," like paterno. <laughs> okay? But it, it, in its simplest definition, they say it's nourisher or protector, but it also is upholder, which we can see that kind of works out of the same as the Hebrew language. But it means specifically one who imparts life And is committed to that life, okay? And uh, let me see if I say this word right. Somebody here is smarter than me. A progenitor, is that the right way you say it? Good. I know. I I don't. Is that the way you say it? Sounds great. Okay. Praise the Lord. That was too long a word for Nebraska English. Hallelujah. But it means to bring into bring into being. So now we understand what this father is. It's a one that carries the seed of a life to pass on into another life to create a being. Okay? And this is what they're hearing when they hear father in the New Testament, to pass on the potential for likeness specifically. So when they're hearing the word father, What we're hearing is, this is one that's going to be a nourisher, a protector, an upholder. He's going to, listen to this, he is going to commit his life into us. And he is going to pass on his likeness in our life. So when we hear God is our father, what we're hearing is God is earnest about passing his likeness onto us. And God becomes a father to humanity where he endeavors to pass on who he is and what he's like to people. And that's why we have to be born again. We get a new father. When we're born again. So now your earthly father is now. Um uh, this is a it might be a too strong a word, but it doesn't matter who the earthly father is. Now you can connect with the heavenly father, and he wants to pass on his likeness into us because we've been born of that father. Amen. Hallelujah. So um But this likeness, this likeness, this is the other thing that's hidden in the Greek language about this. this. This passing on the likeness. Have you ever noticed your kids look like you sometimes? Sometimes, much to your dismay, they act like you sometimes. Do you understand what I mean? And it says that one of the things that's key about this word father is the passing on comes out of intimate connection and relationship. So our heavenly Father wants to pass on His likeness to us through intimate connection and relationship. Amen. Now let's look back here. We got. We're not quite done. I'm gonna. I'm hurrying, babe. All right. Um, John chapter sixteen. Let's back up a little bit. Are you flowing with us today? Yeah. All right. John sixteen verse twenty two. It says, and Jesus is talking to the 12 and he says, therefore you now have sorrow, but I will see you again and your heart will rejoice and your joy no one will take from you. So that's establishing the timeline. He's saying, you're going to have sorrow, but then you're going to see me again and then you'll rejoice. So this is in reference to the time element of his death burial, but then his resurrection, and then your joy. Know what he's going to be able to take from you, okay? So we have the timeline of when he's making reference, and he says, and in that day, the day after the resurrection, you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father... The one that wants to pass on likeness to you. The one that is your nourisher, your protector. That's the one you're going to talk to. And he said, you're going to ask him in my name and he will give you. The father will give you when you ask in my name. And he says, until now, you've asked nothing in my name but then you'll ask and you'll receive that your joy may be full. Um, Let's blast down here to verse 26. And it says, In that day you will ask in my name, and I do not say to you that I shall pray to the Father for you. For the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came from God. And so what he's saying here is, You don't have to ask me anything. You can go directly to the Father. Now, we saw here after the resurrection, he said, my God, your God, my Father, your Father, the Father is God. But he's specifically telling us here, the Father loves you so much that you don't have to go through me With your requests. And he's saying, when you're praying in my name, it's not that you pray in my name, so I turn around and ask the Father. You don't need that mediation for your request. You can go directly to the Father yourself because of how much He loves you. And when you're going to the Father, you're going to someone that wants to pass His likeness on into your life amen hallelujah god is our father all right now let's go over to matthew chapter 6 hallelujah because jesus was telling us how we're going to pray we're going to pray to the father in his name hallelujah So in Matthew chapter 6, in verse 7, he's telling us some more keys about prayer. When you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think they'll be heard for their many words. A bunch of words doesn't mean prayer is answered. Sometimes the most phenomenal prayer we can pray is God help in Jesus' name, right? Hallelujah. Therefore, do not be like them, the ones that have confidence in the many words. For your father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. So why doesn't God just, if God knows, why doesn't he just do it? Because the likeness is passed on through intimate connection and relationship. Just because You know something doesn't give you access to something, all right? You need to have that connection with the Father. We need to realize this. Father is a relational term. It is a relational term. And the earnestness of the Father is not just to give you stuff, but to have connection with you, okay? But then in verse 9, it says, in this manner, this method, this way, therefore pray. How does he start the prayer? Our Father. Our Father. God, our Father, is the recipient of our prayer life. But then he goes on to say, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. Now, let's be clear about some things. There is a will of the Father. There is a will of the Father. If we are talking about a will, what is a will? Not a written will, but a, a, a will of the heart or a will of the soul. Your will. is is a combination of what you want, what you're able to do, how you perceive things, um, how you operate in life. Your will is a culmination of the deepest part of your soul on desires, dreams, and passions. That's your will. And the Father has a will. The Father has a culmination of His deepest desire, dreams, and passions. And there is no evil in the will of the Father. There is no evil in the will of the Father. God does not desire to steal, kill, or destroy. There's another one that has that will, and that is our enemy. God has no will to steal, kill, or destroy, all right? It says, though your kingdom come, your will, the Father's passions, dreams, and desires be done on earth just like it is in heaven. Now, when we think about heaven, how many of you think heaven IS A BETTER PLACE THAN EARTH. Right. We'll HALLELUJAH. There, there, NO COMPARISON, RIGHT? BUT HE'S SAYING, YOU HAVE A FATHER THAT LOVES YOU AND PRAY THAT THE FATHER'S WILL OF HEAVEN BE DONE JUST LIKE THAT IN THE EARTH. JUST LIKE THAT IN THE EARTH. AND SO WHAT WE SEE IS GOD'S DESIRE Four people, because we started out our father, relationship, connection to bring likeness. He wants to have a people that are craving the will of heaven to be done in the earth. Now, when we think about heaven, none of us think of all the crying going on there, all the offense going on there all the disease going on there, all the death going on there. So right there, that should tell us what the Father's will is because heaven is a culmination of God's perfect will with nothing hindering it. Nothing hindering the will of the Father in heaven. And he says, I want you to pray that my will is done on the earth just like it is in heaven, okay? So in order for this to happen, though, we have to make a connection. We have to make contact because the likeness of God passes through us via connection and intimate relationship, all right? So in my life, hallelujah, come on up here, Juan. In my life, I've got the Father. The core is the Father. And here's me. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray that the Father's dreams, desires, and passions, just like it's done in heaven, will begin to flow out through all of my spokes that the will of the Father is done in my government. The will of the Father is done in my finance. And I can go directly to him because he loves to pass on his will of heaven into the earth to me via these different avenues of my life. My children, do you know that God wants the will of heaven manifest IN YOUR CHILDREN, IN YOUR MARRIAGE, IN YOUR ENTERTAINMENT AND PLEASURES OF LIFE. HE WANTS THE WILL OF HEAVEN, NOT YOUR WILL, HE WANTS THE WILL OF THE FATHER IN HEAVEN TO COME THROUGH EVERY ONE OF THESE SPOKES. NOW, WHAT HAPPENS IS THIS. I COULD TAKE A COUPLE OF THESE OFF OF HERE, BUT YOU'LL JUST HAVE TO GET THE PICTURE. What happens sometimes is, um, let's take a couple of them. Okay, let's take family. Okay, we want the will of heaven to be done in our family. Okay, and we want, um, you know, say government. Okay, so if we try to put these two things together without coming through the core, I haven't got the will of heaven. And what happens then, I be, make decisions without God in the center. And the connection can't stay. It's that a little hard to understand? Okay, here's another one for you. So I want the will of the Father done in my children's life. And I want the will of the Father done in my finances. But my kid comes to me and says, Mom, I need such and such, such and such money for such and such, such and such thing, okay? Good or evil, okay? And I think, oh, I love my kid. I just want to give it to him. And so I've connected my finances with my children and never ran it through the father. And so what happens is the giving of the finances without running it to the father keeps both my finances and my children out of connection to the core. I've got both of them disconnected. Why is it? Because my will was done, not the will of heaven. We have to get earnest about, I need this core, which is a container and a... Propagator and the control force of the will of heaven. Because I want every spoke to connect to the father without these spokes connecting to the father. I can I'm just gonna use that last one. I've seen it again and again. My kids don't serve God, don't want to serve God because you didn't keep them connected to the core of the father when the pressure was on. Okay, see, this is not a connection. This can bend, this can break, this will fall apart. It's the connection of the Father that keeps things strong and stable. And He says, just pray. Why pray? Because we need the likeness of what's in the core to come through the spokes. Okay. We need that to flow out. And without a connection, what's gonna flow out? Pretty soon, you're gonna, kids are gonna think, huh, money goes on, grows on trees for mom and dad. I can just go to them. I don't have to develop relationship with a father. I've got an earthly father. Are, are you hanging on there with me today? Is it too hard? I don't, I don't want it to be too hard. I want you just to understand. How much this Father, that's the core of your existence, wants to be in every piece. But yet, the temptation for us is to pull two spokes out and connect them together and say that should work. See, because you have the word Christian in front of your name, does not mean you have a connection to the Father. That doesn't mean you have a connection to the Father. And sometimes we rely on our own wisdom, our own experience, our own upbringing, our own rationale to make decisions when we, and don't go to the father because we suppose, see the thing, the thing about the father is he knows how the children are thinking. Sometimes we suppose we know the way they're thinking, okay? Okay. Sometimes um, we think we know everything, but because God knows the future, he knows what's in store for the government. He knows what's in store for your retirement. He knows these things. See, our mental ability is limited by information and data we have. God's is unlimited, and that's why it becomes so important that we connect to the Father so that every connection is viable, and every connection has a way for God's involvement. Amen? So what we have to do is set ourselves up to pray the will, the dreams, the passions, desires of the Father to flow out into every area of our life and not bypass this step. Let it run through the Father because it's what comes out of the Father into our life, into our existence that keeps us running well and keeps all our spokes intact. Amen? So it's about the will of the Father. Stay connected to the will of the Father who wants to pass on His likeness, who He is, into us as people of God. When you're born again, No one is fatherless. There's no fatherless people in the body of Christ. The other thing is, when you're born again, every person in the body of Christ has the perfect father. But we have to feed off what the father has. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
1: You know, uh, put that... um uh, Matthew 6 back up. I'm, we're probably going to flip these notes all around here. Um, you know, what What we're trying to do through this series, um, which when we started, you know, it was just, you know, we've been talking about Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but primarily been focused, uh, first off, anyway, on the Father, is trying to promote intimacy with the Father. You know, like she just said too about you know the the thing with the husband and the wives. You know, we each each carry a role in a household. Well, you know, if you if you're not staying connected to the father, what happens? You'll find that your role gets tweaked or off. Pretty soon, mom's not doing it. mom. Come on, dad's. You know, everybody just gets loses their place. It's the same with any part of your life. If if the father isn't a, a piece of it, then what happens? It gets off because we're too busy trying to. Figure it out ourselves, uh, trying to, you know, do it in our own strength, do it in our own abilities, and you're just gonna come up short. Look at your neighbor and say, you know. Come on, right? Now, Jesus is is if go down here to like verse, what was it, verse uh is it nine? Get my glasses on here. Verse nine, in this manner pray, our Father, right, which art him? See, what he's trying to do, you know, uh, how many know that uh, he's not. he's not trying to give you some repetitious thing to pray? He just got done saying, don't be repetitious. But, you know, nine... Times out of 10, churches out there, this is, might be a part of their, their service. And we're not taking away from that, but I've just noticed, you know, that a lot of times it's a repetitious thing to do in every service. Our Father, which art in heaven, now be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on others, this is in heaven, gives us a day our daily bread. And give it... What happened? Oh, I don't know. We just said the Lord's Prayer. What do you think? Anything happened? I don't know. See, I think you missed the point. See, what he's trying to say is trying to get you connected to the Father, because it always first starts right here. If we're gonna we're gonna get the will of God manifested on planet Earth, it's gonna have to start right here. You're gonna have to connect with the Father. That's what the Lord was trying to get get across to him. Amen. That you can walk with intimacy with the Father Himself, just like I do. Now, with that said, go to uh, put uh, John uh, John 14. I think I gave you a reference, John 14, uh, in verse uh, 12. There. Uh, I'm just gonna I'm, I'm kind of flipping the notes around. So you good with that? All right. All right. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me. How many believe in Jesus? That's who's talking here. He who believes in me, the works that I do. How many know he did some works? Now, How many know the works isn't necessarily just signs, wonders, and miracles? I mean, he knew how to resist the enemy. He knew how to deal with uh, relationships. He knew how to communicate to everything from religious leaders to, to governmental leaders to, I mean, people on the street. He knew how to talk to each person. He knew what they needed. Come on. Sometimes it wasn't a miracle. Sometimes it was just a word. Now, my point is, is the works is every, he's talking about everything he's done, all the activities, deeds, actions, things done. That's what that word means. So the works that I do, he will do also in greater works than these he will do. Why? Because I go to my father. All right. So he points you back to the father. Now, the point being is this. He said, the same things I'm doing, you're going to be able to do. Somebody says, well, that, that sounds amazing. You know, Jesus was quite a guy. It's an understatement, right? But right, he he was quite a guy. I mean, he did some great things. He he always seemed to know what to do. He always seemed to know what to say. Man, that guy was always in the right place at the right time. How did he do that? How did that happen? Okay, let's take a look at this. Okay, so we'll go to John four. Uh, put that one up, that reference up. Praise God. Give give my people back there a hand clap. What a blessing they are. Amen. Because you never know what's going to happen in this service. Anyway, Jesus said to them, talking to, you know, some folks, he talked to his disciples actually in context. He said, my food or my sustenance or my, uh, amen, my n- nourishment, what 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 fuels my tank, what what causes me to move forward, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. The will of him. Who sh- so somehow he's, he's hooking up. He's getting the will of God somehow. Well, how did he know what to do? Well, he's Jesus. Wrong. That's not the right answer. I mean, he is Jesus, but that's just not the answer we're looking for. Right, are you getting this? See, a lot of times what happens is we as Christians, we go along and say, well, you know, I mean, Jesus was so amazing. And he did all this. And wouldn't that be cool if if you know when he says that the same works that I do shall I or same that you do that I shall do? And uh, anyway, you get the point. But the point is this, right? He just see we look at that and we think, well, that was Jesus, and and I'm just, you know, little old me. How would I know to walk in the will of God? How would I know what to do? How do I know where to, uh, you know, when to be here and when to be there and what to say, and what to do, how to react, how to respond, how to this, how to that, how to this, how to that? I mean, how, I mean, that's, I mean, I'm just me. Well, the same, way, the same way doing the will of God fuels his tanks, the same way it fuels your tank. Now, let's take another step. Let's go to chapter, uh, what did I give you, chapter 5, verse 19, I believe it is. Are you still with me? All right, he said this, Jesus answered and said to them, Most surely I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself. Are you kidding me? Oh, he didn't mean that. I mean, this is Jesus talking. He said, I can't do anything of myself. Well, he's the son of God. He is. I mean, he's our savior. He is. I mean, he, you know, he's the word made flesh. He is. But he lets it be known. I can of myself do nothing. Well, then how do you do all these things? Well, that's what he was trying to tell you. I jump up in the father's lap on a day-to-day basis, and I hear what I have to do through an intimacy with my heavenly father. And that's why all the religious leaders got upset with him. He's saying, listen, this is how it works. You connect with your heavenly father. When you connect with him, he shows you how to do it. He said this, I can of myself do nothing, but what he sees, he's talking about himself now. In other words, what I see the father do is what I do. See, whatever he does is what I do. I see something. How'd you... But well, when did he see it? Okay, let me give you another one. Let's go to chapter, uh, verse 30. Put that verse 30 up there. I can't of myself do nothing. He repeats himself. I can't of, he's letting me be no, I can't of myself do nothing. And John 15 makes it real clear. You of yourself can do nothing. Well, then, <laughs> pastor, if he can't do anything and you can't do anything and he, I mean, how the heck does anything get done? He's trying to tell you. As I hear, I judge. In other words, I I make a judgment call. My judgment then is righteous. In other words, what I hear, I then follow along and it's always right because I'm not seeking my own will. I'm seeking the will of the Father who sent me. So somewhere, see, and somehow, maybe it's a better way of saying it, somehow I've got to get connected to the will of God. Well, the only way that's going to happen is to do it the same way he did it. So you can say then the same works that he did, you can do also. Why? Because you do it the same way he did it. Well, how do I know what to say when the time comes? And how do I know what to do when the time comes? And how do I know that I need to pray for this and pray for that? You know, Jesus didn't always walk on the water. But sometimes he did. So he says, are you telling me I can walk on water? Maybe. (laughs) Jesus didn't always raise the dead, but he did sometimes. Jesus didn't always, come on now, listen. Jesus didn't always go into a, a situation and minister to everybody. Now, there were times he did. And the scriptures are pretty clear about that. But there were times he'd go into a situation and minister to one person, turn around and walk back out. Now, let's ask the same question I, I think I asked you earlier. Uh, maybe it was the first service. But how many believe Jesus had a successful ministry? How many believe that everything he did was according to the will of God? How many believe that he was always in the right place at the right time? How many believe he always amen, knew what to say when he was supposed to say it? And how many know he kept his mouth shut when he was supposed to? I thought I better throw that one in there. Because there were times he didn't say anything except he sat down and doodled on the ground. Because he wanted to say something. I'll leave it alone. Anyway, the point is this, praise God. The point is this. He said this, and I don't do anything unless I see the Father do it. Amen. I don't say anything unless I hear the Father say it. He said, I didn't come to seek my own will. In fact, the John 6 Reference up there, praise God. I didn't come, amen, seeking my own will, but the will of the Father, praise God, amen. It says here in verse 38 of John 6, says, for I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but to do the will of him who sent me. So how does all this work? Now, I understand, you know, we've been working on this now for a few weeks, and so there might be folks in here today that uh, you weren't here last week or you weren't here the week before. So there was a lot of things said during that time that kind of led us up to this moment. But it still comes down to this. It's about an intimacy with the Heavenly Father. You know, even David in, in Acts 13 is referred to as a man who is after God's own heart. We see that in 1 Samuel. You see it also. I'm talking about King David here. And we see it in, in Acts 13. He brings it out. David was a man after my own heart. And, and you think, well, well, okay, that's great. That sounds awesome. But it, says, it, it, it clarifies it. It says, because he was willing to do all my will. Well, pastor, I mean, I would do the will of God if I knew what the will of God was. I don't think there's anybody in here that would disagree with that. So, so, I mean, okay, so what? That's why you got to spend time with him. That's why you gotta, in a sense, like we brought out a week or so back here, whenever it was, amen, that Abba Father is about, is really about your spirit crying out, Abba Father. It's about it's about a fearless relationship. You're literally calling out daddy. Amen. It literally brings the picture of one jumping up in his lap saying, He's my father. And my father will show me what to do. That's why Jesus could say, I can't of myself do nothing. I figured it out early. So what I do is I go hang out with my father. And my father says, This is what we need to do today. This is how you do it. This is how you say it. See, he showed him things and said things to him. And I have come to tell you today, it worketh. It worketh. Little Elizabethan in there, amen. It worketh. Well, how does it work? You got to jump up in his lap on a day-to-day basis. What the, what the Lord was trying to get across to, to the people, amen, is that it always works when you connect with the Father. When you connect with the Father, life will roll decent. Amen. Our Father, which art in him, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. The works that I shall you do also. And even greater works. And, and the whole thing is because the Father has done things. He sent the Son. He sent the Holy Ghost. Amen. And He's calling you to a day-by-day relationship with Him. Amen. An intimacy with Him, praise God, that every day you see Him as your Father, praise God. And as you begin to commune and fellowship with Him, all of a sudden you get insight. God begins to show you things. And believe me, He shows things. Now, to me, um, one of the, the, probably a couple of the biggest things that manifest in time spent with God, see, intimacy brings maturity. Intimacy also brings identity. See, without the Father, without an intimate relationship with the Father, you're going to struggle a little bit with who you are, and you're going to struggle a little bit about what you can do. And how you do it. And anytime you lack intimacy, that's going to throw everything out of whack. Now, <clears throat> every time, and I'm just, I, I say this just, just trying to make a picture, okay? So hopefully you, you're grabbing it. But every time you jump up in his lap and you carry on that intimate fellowship, God begins to talk to you about things. Now, you might have went there thinking, okay, God, I need to talk to you about my money. Because, man, I got some issues. And God may say, "Uh, I would like to talk to you about your marriage. No, I don't want to talk about my marriage. I want to talk about my money. Because right now, that's the problem. He may say, "Mm, that's not really your problem. But you do have a few things we need to work on. You know, Trudy brought up some things about, about marriage, and so I think maybe we'll just kind of jump on that theme a little bit. You know, you go into prayer, and and especially, uh, you, know, you know, Trudy might have kind of got on you gals a little bit about, you know, let the husband be the husband. Let him be dad, right? Come on. Dad, then be dad. Okay? Don't go to God and say, that woman that you gave me. You get that Adam syndrome going on, right? Well, the ladies go to God and go, that man that you put in front of me. <laughs> but the point I'm trying to make is this. You go to God, and when God will begin to talk to you about things, you know, you may say, well, I need to talk to you about my children. He says, no, I need to talk to you about your relationship with your husband. If we fix that, the kid thing might actually straighten out. But I don't want to talk to you about my husband. I want to talk to you about my kids. I said, no, I want to talk to you about your relationship with your husband. I think I used this illustration earlier, but sometimes you know, um, we, we, we uh, take the man card away from him. Now, a man might understand that more than the ladies will, but man's got to have his man card. Somebody says, That's so weird and so stupid, that's why you don't have it. <laughs> See, to you, it's weird. Let him alone. Give him some respect. Let him be a man, lay uh, gentleman. You may go to God about upset about your work, your business. I want to talk to you about your relationship with your wife. Uh, I don't want to talk about her because right now she upsets me. That's exactly why we need to talk about it. He may say, "You know what? If you would love her." Like, I love the church. She might not nag you so much. It got so quiet in here. It's like, I was like, oh, this heaviness just filled the room. Somebody says, Well, Pastor, what are you getting at? See, the thing is, when you jump up in the lap of the Father and just begin an intimacy with Him, He begins to put everything in place. Now, I might not, not have mentioned your thing. I might not have mentioned where you're at and what's going on in your life right now, but I am telling you the Father knows what's going on in your life. And if you will just take the time to become intimate, all of a sudden He shows you things and He says things. And it's in those moments that all of a sudden it puts everything into divine order. Now, how many times. Have you in yourself, now you don't want to raise your hand because I know you'd all lie to me about it anyway. So anyway, um, but how many in yourself, you know that, you know, you probably ain't got it all figured out anyway. There's so much stuff to go. There's so many dynamics. When you start talking about life, and she even took off a bunch here, so it should make it even easier. But there's so many dynamics, and we only had 12 spokes, and we grabbed 12 different topics. You know, we could probably give another, probably could have the whole wagon up here, so spokes on every wheel and have something different on each one of them. Because there's so many dynamics to our life. And what happens most of the time is we strain and we struggle and we stress out because we're trying to keep that thing rolling down the road. Well, you know, I got all this to handle, this to deal with, this to take care of, this to happen. I got to hold this, and now I got this, and then, uh, then we had another kid. Oh, my God! Right? I mean, that's kind of what happens. And and the Lord says, you don't have to stress out about any of it. Yeah, you're you're up there. I'm here. We get all crazy, right? We think, yeah, yeah, you got everything perfect up there, but hey. God says, no, my will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How do you get that? Well, the same way it worked for Jesus, same way it works for you. Amen. And when you get an insight, it's amazing how many times the Spirit of God, when you jump up in His lap on a day-to-day, let me say that again, Day to day, let me say that one more time, day to day, one more, daily, because it's going to take daily, and it doesn't have, it isn't like you have to have hours upon end. Now, I guarantee you when you get a hold of this, an hour will fly by in a few minutes, or seem like a few minutes. But I'm telling you that what happens is when you have those moments on a day-to-day basis with the Father, it is amazing what He talks to you about. It is amazing, he might say, I want you to start standing on this verse. He said, I want you to start declaring this over your household. I want you to begin to see this instead of seeing this. And every time you just follow that, everything just starts to adjust. And pretty soon, everything's working like it's supposed to amen all because you made a decision to let him be boss that's probably a whole nother sermon but it, you, you get the point because that's what really happens is a lot of times we go to god and maybe we have a you know maybe a limited relationship with him i don't know maybe maybe but we go there thinking okay i got my list you pull out you whoosh. right because, see, you know exactly what all needs to happen in your life. God says, geez, I can roll that sucker back up. We can, we can get all that with just one thing. Listen! Jesus said, my, my judgment is righteous. It's, it's right because I, I've heard, and that's what I say. So that's what I do. I've seen it, so that's what I do. And now you know this does work, right? And I know you're being, you know, being a good little blue ribbon sheep by saying yes, but I want you do know this all does work. See, you can see things. I'm not even talking about just natural things. I'm talking about you can you can shut your eyes and see things. And if your mind's on something wrong, you're seeing it. I'm just trying to share. This whole thing works. The process that he developed for things to happen. See, you actually can hear. He made your ears to hear. I'm talking about the inner ear. He made you to hear, and He made you to see things. And it does work. And if you got honest with yourself, you know it works. It's just I use it for the wrong things. Oh, I see things, but it's things that instill fear or panic. Come on. Are you with me? Oh, I hope you're hearing this. See, you've been designed to hear. See, all he wants is jump up in my lap and let's commune. And I will give you different pictures. And I will give you different words. And when I speak into you and I show you things, and, of course, you got to follow it, it worketh. God understands about retirement. God understands about dreams and and goals. God understands about raising, raising children. He designed it all. God understands about marriage, and even though somebody says, you've never been married. Well, actually He is to you and me. point is He understands it. So what we're trying to do through this, Trudy and myself, and what I felt the Lord was trying to bring forth here in in the beginning of this year is to hopefully instill in you the desire to spend time with your Heavenly Father, to learn to just get intimate with Him. Are you with me? Amen. Let me just address this, and then I'll let you go. It is not hard to communicate with the Father. If you can communicate with your spouse, you can communicate with a friend, you can communicate with God. You just got to take the time and do it. Now, somebody says, well, you don't understand. Uh, I have a hard time doing that. Why? Well, I'm... You know, I'm not really where I should be. You don't think he doesn't know that? See, this is the whole thing. Why do we pray to the Father in the name of Jesus? Because we're coming to the Father based on what Jesus did. That's what the whole thing's about. So, what did Jesus do? Well, Jesus, amen, paid a price so you could become the righteousness of God in Christ. In other words, you are in right standing with God, but Pastor, you don't understand? I blew it just this morning. Praise the Lord. What? Run to God. Yes. Somebody says, well, he's going to be really upset. Really? No. What? Every time you run to God, when things ain't right, you run to God. When things are right, you run to God. When things are mis- there's a mistake, you run to God. When you didn't make a mistake, you still run to God. You run to God. And God will change and adjust and talk and and show you things. Jesus paid a price, so get rid of the guilt, the condemnation, the shame, the inferiority. Get rid of it. You have every right to jump up in the lap of the Father at any given time. That's what Jesus did for you. And the whole time, it's about getting you intimate with your Father. Believe me, things work so much better when you become intimate with the Father. Did you get some today? Give the Lord praise. Come on. Hallelujah. We've got so much more to say, but we're going we're to have you stand up. We're going to pray over you. We'll take over maybe some more of this next week. We'll see what happens. Praise God. <sighs> I've um, touched on it briefly in the first service, but um, some of the key things that have worked in my life that are just personal uh, key revelations, and all of them are wrapped around the Father somehow or another. One of them is just the revelation of the fact how much God really does love you, and when you get a hold of that, you ain't never going to go anywhere else. That's where you want to go because you want to hang out with the one that loves you. And Jesus made a way, as I mentioned earlier, by making you the righteousness of God. That became, I remember the day it happened, I was sitting on a forklift driving in to go get some product out of a row to load up a semi, and I went in there, the guy that went in that row and the guy that came back out of that row were two different men. Because I had, a, all of a sudden I got a revelation of the fact I'm in right standing right now with God based on what Jesus did. And it's like, that that'll change you. It's like, I can come to God any Another revelation was grace, and grace is about a divine influence that comes on you when you spend time with Him. And then it reflects in your life, and all of a sudden, everything starts working. You get empowered. But again, it brings you back to the Father. It's amazing that just a little bit of time with God every day and what begins to instantly begin to change in your life. It's phenomenal. I cannot stress it enough. Amen. And I had issues. Some of said, you kind of still do. <laughs> well, we're working on it. But I really had issues back then. And just a little bit of time with God every day, and it's amazing how everything just falls off, changes, adjusts. Everything starts rolling like it's supposed to. Hallelujah. Father, we give praise and glory. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your presence. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah for your love and compassion. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy. Thank you, Lord, for your empowerment and your grace. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Thank you for the invite to come spend time with you on a daily basis. And Father, I'm thankful for a people of God Amen. Who will follow through. Amen. And stay connected with you. And for that, we give you the praise and the glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Did you get something today? Give the Lord a praise if you did. Turn to somebody and say, I'm so glad you love the Father. Praise God. And you are dismissed. See you next
0: Thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch the video of this message, head over to vimeo.com forward slash victory, or go to Jerry Roberts Ministry on Roku for more information about who we are and what we do here at Order Victory check out the website at wovictory.org that's wovictory.org see you there